There is blood in heaven. We've taken the body and we've taken the bread. I've got some questions to ask you. You know, we don't believe in transubstantiation, that concept that this bread we just took actually became the body of Jesus. There are those who believe in consubstantiation, that though the bread didn't transform into the body of Jesus, the body of Jesus came alongside the bread that we ate. We don't believe that either. The bread was bread. And, uh, but what we do is acknowledge that by the Spirit of God, we in the heavenly realm have been united to the benefits of his body. So what kind of body was this? The body of Jesus was unique to the human race. It was fully man, but he was also fully God. For he was born of the seed of God and of a woman. And therefore, he was fully God and fully man. What could a body that was never tainted by sin accomplish? It's a perfect body, perfect DNA, perfect in all its ways, never sinning. So that when he would offer his body, it was spotless and pure of any sin, innocent of the cause of guilt, though he took all the sin of the world upon that body for us, but he, not knowing sin, became sin for us. He became the object of God's wrath upon sin. But because he was sinless when they buried his dead body in the tomb, death could not hold him. It had no right over his body because his body was pure and spotless. And he broke the power of sin and death and rose from the grave. That is awesome. So that in the book of Luke, it says, when Jesus appeared in a resurrected body, he said, behold, my hands, my feet, it is I myself. He said, go ahead, touch me, handle me, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. He had flesh and bones, a physical resurrected body. Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. He went a step further and said, even if I see it, I want to touch it. Jesus said, come on, here I am, flesh and bone. Why didn't he say flesh and blood? Because something happened to his blood. We'll get to that in a minute. But he said, I am flesh and bone. Did you know that there is a man right now standing before the throne of God in heaven, interceding on our behalf for mankind? We have a representative before the throne of God. He understands as a great high priest and in the ministry of mediating all of God's promises to us and all the benefits that he accomplished through the cross. He is standing right now before the throne of God speaking into your needs. He understands your sorrow. He understands your pain. He understands sickness. He understands disease. And he has a remedy for it. And he is speaking it out before the throne of God. He told Thomas, go ahead, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Then he said to Thomas, blessed are you who believe, but blessed are those who do not see and believe. That would be us. That would be us. 
What's my point? What am I getting at? That he had flesh and bone. He was standing right there. Because not only did you know and can you see the scars in his hand and in his side, I would imagine it to be true that if he turned around and lowered his cloak, you would see the scars on his back. Makes sense, doesn't it? Therefore, we can clearly say He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. So this morning when we took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you, Jesus in heaven has the wounded stripes that proves our healing, our deliverance, and our restoration is done. It's ours. It's in his body forever. Do you get this? So I don't know what theology, you might be a cessationist, you might say that, oh, healing stopped uh, once the Bible was written, or we don't see miracles anymore. I'm sorry, they're imprinted eternally on his body. To always remember by his stripes And Peter goes a step further. He doesn't say you are healed. He says you were healed. And there is a testimony in heaven that you and I are healed physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Some would limit it only to a spiritual healing of salvation. But that cheapens and lessens all that Christ had accomplished for us. He fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant, which provides physical, emotional, spiritual healing in all of it. And so when we took the bread and we remembered that it was broken for us, it identifies with Jesus who stands in heaven with stripes on his back. Would he refuse to heal you? Would he refuse to pour out all the benefits? They're on his back. Why would he do that? Why would he not pour out what was given us? But that's not enough. We also have blood in heaven. I want you to consider this verse in Hebrews. It says this, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. He goes and he says, you didn't come to uh, the, the mountain where Moses and the Israelites went to in the desert. That was scary enough, man. There was lightning and thunder and a a voice of God speaking. And the people said, we can't take it anymore. Don't speak to us. And Moses was trembling. And the writer of Hebrews says, we didn't come to that mountain. We come to the heavenly mountain, the true Mount Zion. He's talking about the throne of God. He said, you, you people of God have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable angels, innumerable angels in festive gathering. Why are they so happy, these angels? Because the Bible says when one soul receives Christ, they celebrate in heaven. And I want you to think how many souls are being saved per second on the planet Earth, around the globe right now, nonstop, People are being saved. And do you think the angels ever stop praising? They're dancing, they're singing. Heaven is filled with joy. Heaven is filled with joy. Another soul's been saved. Another soul's been saved. So the angels, too many to number, are in festal gathering to, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. 
Do you know who the assembly of the firstborn is? It's the people who've been saved by Christ Jesus. Yeah, you are the assembly of the firstborn. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, from Adam to David to Isaiah to Jeremiah to John the Baptist to every believer that has ever received the Lord Jesus Christ, now made righteous through his death, burial, and resurrection, waiting as spirits to have their eternal body when the day of resurrection comes. They're all standing there in heaven. And then he goes, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Isn't that awesome? Wait! There's one more thing in heaven. He says, and... Not only Jesus and the covenant by which he brought, and what else? The sprinkled blood. You see, the blood of Jesus, again, had no sin in it. It was eternal. Our blood rots, putrefies. Our blood is of the blood of Adam. And so it is under the curse of death and sin. So we, our physical bodies, are under the spirit of death and it will die. And our blood will die. Jesus, born of God's seed, as a man, his blood was pure and spotless from sin. It was not under the curse of Adam. Therefore, his blood is eternal. This tells me that not only when Jesus died and sprinkled and blood came out of him onto the earth, he also had blood when he rose from the dead. And what does it say? He sprinkled it in heaven. And it speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. It says in 922 of Hebrews, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of what? Whose blood? He brought his blood to heaven. You can see the angels, you can see God, you can see all the saints from ever, you can see Jesus, and you will see his blood eternally in heaven. Why do you need his blood eternally in heaven? Because in heaven it will eternally speak of the gift he offered to his Father to redeem planet earth and all of mankind. It's there. This is not just a a nice little ritual, a nice little bread and wine, little magic for us. No, it is reminding us of the actual physical blood on the altar of God in heaven and the high priest who is scarred with the price eternally that it took to buy it. Wow. Forever before the Father. He goes on and he says this in Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through that curtain, that is his flesh. When Jesus died on that cross hanging as a curtain would hang, When he said, it is finished, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, the veil in the temple in Jerusalem on Mount Zion was ripped from top to bottom, and the Holy of Holies was done, torn up, 
done. The law fulfilled by Christ. The temple is finished. It is exposed and open. There is now a new and living way to God through the curtain of the cross that you will know that he paid the price for your salvation. And as a high priest, he brought the blood, his own blood eternal before God and sprinkled it there. And it is eternally there in heaven. And the writer of Hebrews says, and it speaks of better promises. It speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel. What's the blood of Abel? The blood of Abel was the one who was killed at the very beginning. The son of Adam and Eve. Cain, his brother, killed him. God came looking for Cain and he said, where's your brother Abel? He goes, man, I don't know. I'm not responsible for him. Am I his keeper? And God said, his voice is crying out from the earth. And what is the voice crying out of one who's murdered? Justice, justice, justice. And the law came to write and prove all sin and to bring justice, which brings condemnation and death to all of us who are guilty. But there was one, the last Adam, there was one who gave his blood. Willingly he gave it, while those, all of us, mankind killed him. And it was the price to pay for us. And it is a better word than Abel. And what is the word spoken from the cross better than Abel? Forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. Peace, peace. We have peace with God the Father since we've been justified by the blood. Forever in eternity before the throne of God is a blood brought by the high priest Jesus that says, forgive them, forgive them, peace. And forever we will reign with Christ. We took this bread, we took this wine to remember two things. By his stripes, I am healed. Those stripes are on his back. You can touch them, you can see them. They are mediated before the throne of God. Never to refuse the benefits of Christ to any of us. Why? Because the blood of Jesus physically is in heaven to eternally speak forgiveness and peace. Now, won't you say the amen to what has been offered you this morning? Amen. amen. Let's bow our heads.